Good morning, Eastside Church, family and friends. So glad you're here this morning. Uh, I've just been, as I've been traveling around town this week, I've noticed some of the hairdos out there. I feel like I've got a beard that's uh, rather long, so it's kind of, we're going to call it the COVID-19 beard. But anyway, I know we're all ready to get back to normal and, and uh, be able to uh, hang out with those that we love and uh, looking forward to the 31st as we get back together. We're going to continue our, our series uh, on the Holy Spirit today. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be in verse 18 and 21. We'll also be in Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 10. Uh, so if you want to put your fingers there. The title of the message today is the church is a supernaturally empowered entity. It's a, it is supernaturally empowered uh, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says this, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when it writes there, to be, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, it, it has the idea of be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so the commission from Paul to the church is be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says, how you do that? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So the first thing we want to look at today is that the commission of Paul to the church is to be being filled, be being filled with the Holy Spirit. So as the church, as children of God, we are to live a lifestyle of being filled with the Holy Spirit. We, under, we understand that we have been empowered by God to be kingdom carriers, that you've got a specific mission that you have been empowered to accomplish while you're here on earth. We're reminded of that uh, in Acts chapter 2 with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we talked about last week. But before then, we even see in the Old Testament where those that were called by God, those, those prophets, those priests, those, those representatives of God were anointed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm reminded of David. I'm reminded of Samson. I'm, I'm reminded Mary, the mother of Jesus, where they're all empowered. They're all overshadowed by God. David, when he is um, when he's coming up on his Goliath, this 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 giant that that needs to be defeated he comes up on him and he says are we going to tolerate this are we going to take this and of course the answer is no we're not going to take this and david can enter that situation with confidence because of his past his past dealings with the holy spirit gives him confidence to face his future giants we we see that he says david says Man, I, I know that I'm going to get victory here because when I was up against the bear, when I was up against the lion, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon me and I defeated them with ease. This giant's going down today too. I don't know what your giants are in your life, but the way that your giants are defeated is in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I'm reminded too of Samson. You know the story of Samson is that the secret was in his hair. Well, the secret was he was a Nazarite and he was consecrated to God. That's where the secret was. The secret was he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And when he was anointed by the Holy Spirit, he had this great strength to judge Israel. And um, 
His hair really was just a representation of the anointing. Uh, how do I know that? Well, I know that because when they cut his hair, it says about him that he arose quickly when the enemy had come upon him. And it says about Samson that he didn't recognize the fact that the Holy Spirit had left him. And so he's overcome by his enemy and he's bound and, and ridiculed and tortured. And he's, he's, he is uh, strapped between two columns and he says, one last time, God, one last time, anoint me uh, with your power. And, and of course, that happened and Samson pulled down the column. It says about Mary when she was a virgin and never had known a man that, that she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And so we as emissaries of Christ, as ambassadors of Christ, as kingdom carriers must be anointed by the Holy Spirit because that's what makes a difference. And what makes a difference between the Old Testament times and, uh, and the church is Acts chapter 2. It says that this Holy Spirit that anointed the prophets of old would be poured out and made available to all people. We talked about that last week. But you need to understand, and hopefully you do, and hopefully you're, you're growing in your walk with the Holy Spirit and your intimacy with Him, that that, uh, that, that power uh, needs to be present in your life for you to be victorious in the, in the things that you're going to face. And so we have to be filled or be being filled with the Holy Spirit as believers. The second thing that we need to come to conclusion with as we understand uh, what the Holy Spirit's role is in our life, in the life of the church as we read through Acts and in the epistles, is that, is that the Holy Spirit is a person. So oftentimes we think about that as just an anointing or even, you know, uh, even the reference to water. You know, I'm going to baptize you with water, but in the, in soon you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're going, to be, you're going to be overwhelmed, overcome, immersed in the Holy Spirit. And uh, it even says uh, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will make their home with us. It even says that you and I, in scripture that that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I always had this idea as I, as I read through and I studied as I asked, is there ever a place in the Bible where people encountered the Holy Spirit and didn't know it? You know, the only only times is is with unbelievers. You know, maybe maybe they were anointed by God to do a certain task and they didn't know that they were being anointed by God. But those of us that are called, those of us that are called out uh, everywhere uh, that you see the Holy Spirit encountered, they are totally aware of it. Now, do you have to do it by faith? You absolutely have to, uh, have to pursue the Holy Spirit by faith the same way you would in pursuing Christ Jesus. In that, we have to believe by faith that Jesus Christ was 100% God, 100% man, that he was, he, was, he was the Christ, he was Messiah. We have to believe that, that he died on the cross for the remission of sin and that he was the firstborn to be raised from the dead, that he raised from the dead and he did so so you and I could be reestablished in relationship with the Father and that our sins would be forgiven. In that same way, we have to have faith that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church to empower the church to accomplish the task that was at hand. By faith, we have to believe that God wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit. So when you encounter God, will you know it? Everywhere in Scripture that I see in Acts, uh, 
uh, you're going to see that they, that they knew it. What happened with them is, is, is they, they received boldness. They, the word came alive to them. They began to operate in spiritual gifts. In Acts chapter 2, they saw fire, they heard wind, they saw them and heard them uh, manifest spiritual gifts. They heard boldness and they understood that uneducated men all of a sudden had revelation. And so there was a total awareness of what was going on in the Spirit, that the Spirit of God had come upon them. And so we've got to know that the, the person of the Holy Spirit is not just an anointing. It's a relationship with God. So why did the Holy Spirit come? Why, why do we need this relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit comes to make himself known. He comes to, uh, to reveal the truth about Jesus, to reveal the church about uh, uh, the Word of God. And so as I read Acts and as I went through it, one of the things I noticed and one of the things that you see the church doing oftentimes is, is trying to put this encounter, this experience, this relationship with the Holy Spirit kind of in a box, in their denominational box. And what I found when I read Acts is that it, uh, there, were some, there were some likenesses, there were some things that were similar, but everybody's situation was never the same. It was not the same. Uh, you will see and you will hear the work of the Holy Spirit when you're in relationship with the Holy Spirit. You know, the fire, the wind, the spiritual gifts, the boldness, the revelation. You know, in Scripture, it compares, it compares the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit to the wind. You know, you see the wind's movement. You, you hear it even. Uh, you see what the, the effect of it, but you can't actually see it. And that's, that's the way it is with the Holy Spirit. You know, you're in relationship with the Holy Spirit. You, you can see the effects of it but you don't see the person of the Holy Spirit. You see that in, the, in Jesus Christ. You see that in the incarnate Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, and you see it as the Messiah Jesus in the New Testament. You know, here recently, Francis Chan did a, did a message that, that really just encapsulates my thoughts on, on, on the Holy Spirit and, and really um, the, the place that the the where the church is today in today's society coming from different backgrounds and, and different denominations and their view of the Holy Spirit. He grew up in a denomination and, and through, went to a seminary that were cessationalists. In other words, they believed that all the spiritual gifts stopped with the apostles. But here recently, he was, he's, he's been going into missions. You know, he has kind of uh, changed his focus and, and he's gone overseas and he, he prayed and he testifies that he prayed and, and said to the Lord, Lord, unless you make yourself known to these people, they're, they're not going to believe. And even if they do believe, it's not going to have sustainability. In other words, they're going to fall away. If, if you don't manifest yourself some way, then, then they're not going to come to a saving knowledge of you. And so he, 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 they begin to bring all the sick and he began to pray for all the sick. And they, they got healed. He, he, his, his description is they all got healed. And, and his doubt came in. How many have ever had an encounter with the Holy Spirit or when you begin to pursue the Holy Spirit, you know, you, you move forward and then tons of doubt came in. Well, the same thing happens to him as he testifies. 
He sent people back to those villages that people, all the people got healed just to check and see if they were still healed because of his position on the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer and in the church. I think that's so important that, that we grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that same thing happens in our understanding of the Holy Spirit. So uh, I just want to encourage you today that your focus shouldn't necessarily be just being in relationship with the Holy Spirit. What I find is that if people will uh, pursue Jesus, if, if, if they will recognize that the key to receiving the fullness of the Holy Spirit is to pursue Jesus, to love his word, to understand and believe by faith that you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to actually accomplish uh, victory in your life, I can tell you this, Jesus will send the Holy Spirit because Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He's the one who sends the Holy Spirit. So you pursue him. You pursue truth, and you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. You need to pray to know God. You need to pursue his word. You need to desire spiritual gifts. You don't need to forbid tongues, nor do you need to fear prophecy. We see that happen all the time. People are scared that they're going to have some demon jump on them if they start pursuing the Holy Spirit. And I can promise you that that's not going to happen. So let me ask you a question. What's your testimony? Have you, have you received the Holy Spirit? Are you being filled on a continuous basis with the Holy Spirit as a believer? Are you scared of the Holy Spirit? Are you scared of the Holy Spirit because it's out of this world? Because it's supernatural? Because you can't control uh, the Holy Spirit? So let's look at a couple of places in Acts where we, we, we see uh, different kind of circumstances going on. The first place is Acts chapter 8, verse 14. And uh, uh, we see a couple of things here. Let's look at it. Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 19. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. I love this. That Peter and John are still hanging together. You know, they ran to Jesus' tomb. They see that he is, he is raised from the dead together. And here they are. They hear about Samaria. And they take off. And they run down there. And they want to pray for them that they would receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to notice what happens in verse 16. They, they pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them. And then they received the Holy Spirit. And so, so these people have been baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus, but yet they haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you see P Peter and John going after them, laying hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, what you see here next is something that uh, has always been important to me as, as I look at this because there are so many different points of view and so many different denominational takes on the Holy Spirit, and then so much, um, so much people trying to take advantage of this kind of stuff uh, that it it makes us fearful and resistant of the Holy Spirit as we as, as we come into relationship with Him. But you see, in verse eighteen, there was a there was a man named Simon, and he saw he saw just like what we talked about just a minute ago. 
He saw that through the laying on the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. And he offered them money, saying, Give me the power to do this also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands will receive the Holy Spirit. I can tell you right now that ever since the day of Acts, that there has been wrong motives when it came to the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and there is always going to be wrong motives, but that should not keep us from pursuing the Holy Spirit with everything that was in us, that our whole motivation in life should be to pursue Jesus, to pursue the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can be empowered to do this. Let me just tell you this. Let me say it this way, that the only way that we can limit or have any type of um, effect on what God wants to do in our lives is reject God's power. The only way that you can control the work of the Holy Spirit in your life is to reject it, is to reject it. And so here you have, here you have a scenario where there's laying on of hands and, and then they receive the Holy Spirit. And, and certainly, you know, certainly you want the elders of the church, you want them to pray for you that you would receive the Holy Spirit. But in Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 8, we see a whole different scenario. Again, we've got Peter that's involved with this, but there was this man, a centurion, that calls Peter in because he wants and he desires to know God. And, and, and let's look at the story. His name is Cornelius, and, and uh, he lives in uh, Caesarea. There was a certain man in Caesarea, or Caesarea, however you pronounce it, called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. And I think this is interesting. We talked about this last week. It, it calls him, Scripture calls him, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. And about the ninth hour of the day, he, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up from a for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He, he's lodging with a Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea. He'll tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his servants, household servants, a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. Again, there's that word devout. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. Now, Peter gets the invitation, and he responds to that, and he comes back, and he begins to bring the word. This is in verse 34. Peter opens his mouth, and he says, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to, the, to witness 
uh, to the witnesses chosen before God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sin. In verse 44 it says this, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision, the Gentiles who believed were astonished, I mean uh, uh, the Jews were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they asked him to stay for a few days. So you see in this passage of Scripture that two totally different scenarios occur. One of them occur when they've already been baptized and believed in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then they come and lay hands on them and receive the Holy Spirit. And then the next time you see in Acts chapter 10, they, they come to, to the Gentiles and, and they're devout men. They're pursuing God. They hear the message of Jesus. There's no hands laid on. They're just watching and the Holy Spirit's poured out and they get filled with the Holy Spirit and they begin to manifest spiritual gifts. And they are amazed that the Holy Spirit's been poured out. And so there's this message again that it's not just for prophets. It's not just for priests. It's not just for those in authority, and it's not just for Jews. It's for all flesh. Jesus says to you and me, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. It's available to you and me, and we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we need to be being filled with the Holy Spirit as we go. It's, a, it's an incredible act of submission, but I've got, to, I've got to ask myself, do I have a testimony of an encounter with the Holy Spirit? Though I have a testimony that says, on this day, this suddenly day, I, I, I came into contact in relationship with God, the Holy Spirit, and He empowered me. All of a sudden, I was changed. All of a sudden, I, I understood that the Word of God was alive. All of a sudden, I started operating in spiritual gifts. All of a sudden, I had words of prophecy or words of knowledge, information that I shouldn't have, and I knew that that, that information came because of the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. It empowered me to move into something. Maybe, maybe you got wisdom. Maybe you got answers or solutions to things that you've been struggling with for a long time. And all of a sudden, you got, you've, got a, you've got an idea. You've got a creative idea that gave you the answer to what you've been looking for. If you've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, then you're going to have, you're going to know it. And you're going to be, uh, there's going to be evidence that it's operating in your life. So you, so you need to, by faith, know that Jesus Christ wants to pour his Holy Spirit out on you. Are you, have you received the Holy Spirit? And as a believer, are you, be, are you being filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you continually being filled with the Holy Spirit? Is there, is there some of you out there that are just scared of the Holy Spirit? You, you've even processed in your mind that you don't want 
a demon to jump on you when you think about the Holy Spirit? Uh, are you hesitant to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it's out of this world? You know that it is a supernatural thing and you, you're scared you're going to lose control. And so you push the Holy Spirit back. Let me repeat that the only way that you can control anything in God's power, about God's power, is to reject it. The only way that you can do it is reject the Holy Spirit or give the work of the Holy Spirit credit to the devil. There's only two ways that you can actually, and both of those are the same, really. They're just the rejection of the Holy Spirit. I pray today, I pray today that you examine you know, your, your walk with the Holy Spirit, that you understand that it doesn't just work the same, but you'll be able to see the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in your life. And that you can't carry out the mission that you were created for without the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit manifesting itself in your life so that you can do the work that you were called to do. Man, God wants to do it. Jesus promises it, and he promises it to you and me. Let me pray. Father, I thank you today that you promise that you're going to pour out your spirit on all flesh. You tell us, Lord, that, that we should never forbid speaking in tongues. You, you tell us, Lord, that we, we should desire spiritual gifts, that we should desire prophecy. But we understand, God, that that is only brought about through a relationship with you. That the first thing that we have to do is we have to come to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we have to believe Jesus, that you're Messiah, that you're God. And we have to believe Jesus by faith that you're going to pour out, that you're going to empower your church to carry out the, the mission of the church. And we have to believe that by faith. And we have to understand, God, that, that, you're, that you're not going to hold back, that you're not going to hold back any good thing from us. You even say in your word, Jesus, that we being evil, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will you give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so, Father, I pray for those that are watching today online that I ask you, God, that they not take any man's opinion. I ask you, God, that there would be, that you would stir up in them a desire to discover what your word says. A desire to understand, God, that it's no systematic controlled approach. That it's all about being in relationship with you. And you're like the wind. You're like the wind, Lord. When we're in relationship with you, when we're submitted to you, when you make yourself, when you make us your home, when we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we're going to see the evidence the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it's going to manifest in boldness. It's going to manifest in understanding your word. It's going to, under, uh, it's going to manifest by the manifestation of spiritual gifts and a love for you, God, and a boldness toward the world and the things that don't align with you that, that we never had before. And so, Father, I pray that we walk in that in this generation. I pray that the church would be empowered to carry out the task in the midst of what we face today. Lord, it seems like we're facing a large Goliath. It seems like we're facing something that is indefeatable. 
it, 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 it looks way bigger than us. May you prep your church to be like David, where we have victory after victory after victory because we understand that we're anointed and in relationship with the Holy Spirit and that we don't resist you, God. We depend on you. We don't reject you, Lord. We honor you. We welcome you. And we say, Holy Spirit, come. Empower us to do your work. May we boldly do signs and wonders in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.